Hi, everybody. It's Monday night at 7.05. Yes, it's the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea, 780-6868. You can text us your questions or comments, or you can phone and weigh in. You can ask Mike pretty well any question under the sun, right, Mike? Sure, Bob. Any question under the sun. Let's go for it. All right. Coaches Show is brought to you by DeKalb Seed, the seed for every season. Uh, tell us, Mike, now you're, you've been off on a bye week. Uh, the players return to the practice field tomorrow. And you and I discussed this earlier today in the Daily Coaches Show, but go over it again. The COVID protocols when you're returning from a bye. Uh, arrive in uh, the city you play in, uh, quarantine for 48 hours. Inside that quarantine, get uh, a PCR tested. Um comes back negative and then you can return to return to work so everybody's been back uh let's see they had to be back when did they have to be back i guess that would have been the 30th they would have been back in town saturday yep yep okay everybody test negative negative yep all right so you're ready to roll now you had to make some moves today. You released six players from your practice roster, and that's just, uh, well, you explain why that was necessary. Uh, well, we've got just, we added three players, right? We we added Winston Rose, Sergio Castillo, Shaq Cooper. So you add those three, plus we've got Carl Nagadosi coming back from the uh, suspended list, guys getting back healthy, and uh, now we're we're just sort of, over our limits, we still have, I think, 18 practice roster uh, players. So we're at, we're going to be at 24, um, which is whatever, over the limit, right? We're allowed, whatever, 10, 15, 18, I guess. So we're at our limit. So tough decisions, especially for the guys that have been here since training camp. It's, uh, you know, they want to be here. And this is just, uh, that kind of year, and uh, we're not the team that just, you know, hides players on the injured list. Really, you know, it, it happens sometimes. You got to put a guy on the injured list, um, but uh, this year especially, that's that's not how we're wired. Um, so, it's um, a lot of factors that add up to this, which is not a pleasant day. Obviously, once again, we're coming down to you know the, the last few games here and then and these guys want to be a part of it and and they've been they have been a part of it they've a lot of them have played games for us and contributed to us winning so mm-hmm. not uh, not a great day so the players let go today were canadian kicker gabriel ferrero receiver james tyrell who played in a lot of your games yep. uh defensive lineman nick daly Linebacker John Trell Rockamore, who made an early good impression, but just the numbers there, I guess. Hey, Mike, defensive back David Rivers and O-lineman Jalen Burks. Yep. You mentioned Carlson Agadosi. For those of us who are at practice every day, he's a big, tall receiver who made an immediate impression in training camp but just uh, hasn't been able to get into the lineup. But a guy you don't want to get rid of at this point, right? No, we, we, we like his improvement. I mean, there were certain things that uh, that Bergs wanted him to work on, and, uh, you know, he's been doing that and improving quite a bit. He's a big, strong, physical guy. When he when he works in practice, 
on special teams. He's a guy that you really think, boy, you you could put him in there, and and he's gonna battle somebody on special teams. So we haven't created the opportunity for him yet, and uh, you know I, I know he's ready and and willing. It just hasn't come up yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, He'll, he'll keep working, and we'll keep coaching, and we'll see where it goes. And the reality for guys like him is it it might never come up, not this year anyway. Well, you hope everybody stays healthy, and, and that would be, you know, good. <laughs> yeah, and, and challenging for a guy like Agadosi, but they've just got to be patient and stick to it and keep working, right? Yeah, they. You know, I think for a lot of players, this is just a generalization. I'm not talking about Carlton specifically, but as a generalization, it's a different game coming up here, and and guys have to be, you know, form an honest opinion of of their progress, right? I mean, all everybody wants to get in on games, and we want to get everybody in on games, but it just doesn't work out that way. You know, your rosters are limited, and. Um, you know, especially at the receiver spot, you know, you don't generally think of the receivers as, as giving you a lot of help on special teams. Although they can, you just have to give them that opportunity. And, and you know, we're, we're flush with linebackers and, and special teamers that are skilled and veteran uh, enough that you, you, don't, you just don't sub one of those guys out. So... Yeah, the, the opportunities. You know, I say this quite often to guys: is is you need you need a, a better opportunity, and and we're not giving you one. <laughs> so, it's uh, those those are interesting conversations, but they're the truth. Sometimes the guys working very hard and and looks really good, and we're not going to take off Shane Goche for uh, a receiver, right? Like it's just not going to work that way. Yeah, just the way it is, huh? Yeah, uh, Sergio Castillo, Winston Rose added just before the bye week. Are they here? Will they be on the field tomorrow? They will be on the field tomorrow. Yes. Your immediate plans for them? I don't know yet. We're still, still, still researching that. Obviously, Winston is an all-star corner who led the league in interceptions. You know, he's 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 been great in his time in the CFL, not only for the Bombers, but. For BC also, so um, you know it'd be hard to keep him off the field, but we'll see where it all fits uh, this coming week. Yeah, and Castillo, ninety percent kicker, all star in two thousand nineteen. Uh, just as an aside, I kind of wondered if watching the BC Lions the other night, they might like to have him back because their guy Jimmy Camacho missed three field goals, which helped cost them a game. But uh, I know you you're high on Castillo, aren't you? Yeah, but it's not a given. I think, you know, the way Ali has kicked recently, it's it's just one of those things. We we definitely um, wanted to bring somebody else in uh, to take a look and make sure we're, that we were good, but I think Ali's coming on too. So uh, I wouldn't – don't just pencil somebody else in in the roster there, please. Did you watch the, the games on the weekend like you normally would? Uh, I, I have. Uh, it wasn't exactly as normal. I had to PBR the games too to, to to catch up a little bit at certain times. So I had a, had a few other things going on too. But yes, I've I've watched the games. 
you know, they were they, they do provide, like I said, they, they provide a lot of interesting conversation amongst the coaches and players. And have you noticed that Saskatchewan and Calgary are starting to play some pretty good football? As expected. You're not a surprise there, eh? No. Uh, here's the first text question, Mike, and it deals with the weather. And by the way, uh, the game Saturday here against Montreal is military appreciation night, and the long-term forecast says it's going to be sunny and close to 10 degrees on Saturday. But this question is from Bob, and it's about cold weather. He says, Coach, how much of a factor do weather conditions play in your game planning? Interested in how the season's December games will affect team preparation for the playoffs. Well, it, that's an interesting question. I think, you know, as we prepare in practice, you know, the weather is a factor also, right? We're outside at, at practice. And I guess that what you see at practice and how we handle the weather would then dictate how the plan unfolds. But we firmly believe that all our guys are, are cold weather mutters and will perform admirably in inclement weather. So uh, I don't think it changes the game plan much. You know, if the, if the weather was extremely foul, then, you know, you, you, you might look at changing a, a few things. But there was a Grey Cup in 96 in Hamilton that was, you could barely see the field. And I think the score was, in the low 40s to in the low 37s, or the high 37s. So there was plenty of points scored in, in that game. Yeah, that was one of the most exciting Grey Cup games I've been to. Uh, David says, hey, Mike, congratulations on being one one away from the Grey Cup. I trust you and the organization to make the best choice for the club for these remaining three games. And, Mike, on that note, we'll take a break, and we'll come back and pick up on that. It's the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. Welcome back. Mike O'Shea, a text uh, from one of our listeners saying, were any of the six players released today due to vaccination status? No. Okay, so we talked last Monday uh, about your plans for these final three games in terms of the possibility of resting players. You had, a, I know, a meeting a few days ago. What can you tell us came out of that? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Lots came out of it. What can I tell you? Nothing. I mean, we've got a plan going in, and and we'll see, how, you know, how things go this game. But once again, there's so many factors that go into this. Um, you know, I've talked to some individual players, but it really is dependent on this game and, and how how things go. Listen, we want to win these football games, right? That's the the bottom line. And uh, we also want to be smart, but we're going to continue on with some business as usual and, and maybe make some minor adjustments here and there. But, you know, there's only so many guys on your roster and only so much space uh, to move guys around and only so much budget to move guys around. So it's, uh, once again, there's a lot of factors, but, we, we definitely have a plan going forward. Okay, Saturday night, Montreal's here. Frontliners, most of the most of the way. Yeah, I would assume so. 
Okay. Uh, text, wondering why there are still four kickers in camp. Kropinia has been injured for eight games now. Is he ready to come off the list? What was his injury? That's the, the text. Now you've only got three. Gabriel Ferrero was let go. So he's asking about the kickers in camp. Mike. Yeah, Legs is our punter. Ali's our kicker. And Sergio Castillo was brought in. And he's a kicker and a, a punter. Tyler Carpina is is at home. He's on our six-game injured list. Okay, and that's uh, the status of the kicking situation right now. Yep, that's it. Okay, John, you're on the Coach Show with Michael Shea. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Hi, uh, Mike. Um, I got a question. Uh, maybe you can give me a semi-definitive answer. Um, are you planning to give uh, McGuire more reps? And uh, I realized that that's probably an obvious question, but I missed last week. I don't know if it was dealt with. But, Bob, if you want to weigh in on that as well, will... Oops, we lost John. He's asking about Sean McGuire. You go first, Mike O'Shea. You have the final say on this. <laughs> well, I, I just uh, dialed back in, Bob, so I didn't hear the question. Well, he wondered if Sean McGuire is going to get some playing time in the last three games. Yeah, we'll see. Once again, I, I'm not interested in talking about the roster whatsoever. I mean, obviously, we put ourselves in this position. We've got a plan, and we will adjust the plan accordingly as we go forward. Uh, I, John wanted my view. I, I think there'd be value in Sean McGuire getting some playing time in these last three games. But I also get Mike O'Shea's idea that winning the games would be kind of cool too. Uh, you know, I think the fans would. I think the fans might <laughs> like to see you win the games. You know, rest a few guys here and there, and not get anybody hurt. That'd be a perfect world, wouldn't it? Football is a contact sport. Yeah, guys play it hard. They have to play it hard. They have to keep playing a lot of times. They they want to stay sharp. You got to go into a, a playoff scenario hot. And we have a bye week uh, at basically uh, after the season. So, yes, it has to be managed. Um, I don't know that I ever, in, in the years that, that we finished and we're high up in the standings and had lots of games to go. And we were still, you know, we were in first place, like Toronto back to back 15 and three, Yeah. you know, back to back seasons. We clinched a lot early. I would say we, we never rested. We played mm -hmm. right. Like I don't, I don't remember Doug Flutie resting, <laughs> you know, Yeah. but you, you play. And if somebody gets hurt, that's just the nature of football. Yeah, I prefer not to talk that way, Bob, honestly. But, uh, you know, Michael Couture, unfortunately, got hurt right before the playoffs last year, too, and, and or 2019, and I think you know how that ended up. Yeah. So, but again, as you said, you can't sit everybody down or a no, bu you can't. bubble wrap everybody. Nope. Uh, here's a texture. You've got Andrew Harrison, Brad Oliveira on your roster, and Brady has filled in admirably and looks like a superstar. Question is, can they both not be on the field in a game together? Can they both? He says, uh, can they both not the be on the field? I think he's asking, can they be on the field together at the same time? Yeah, we can We can manipulate our, our roster however we want. You know, we can, we can play three tailbacks or six receivers mm. or, you know, 
extra old linemen. We can do whatever we want. We have packages for everybody that's 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 dressed. Yeah. And both Andrew Harris, when he's healthy, and Brady Oliveira are on the roster each game. So if you did opt to do something like that, which I don't think you've ever done, but you could do it, right? Well, if you think back in recent history, we played two tailbacks, uh, you know, when Timothy Flanders was here and stuff. Right. We had a two tailback package. Yeah, okay. We ran. I mean, Johnny Augustine's a good back. We could play three tailbacks if Andrew Harris was healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Andrew Harris, how's he doing? He's working hard at at getting better. Yeah. Is he getting close to getting better? He's definitely closer. Yeah. Any chance he'll play this weekend? I'm not sure yet. What about uh, Jermarcus Hardrick? I don't know yet. I know he was running. He's he's running around out out there. He, they they got to keep him contained. He comes in for treatment. Next thing you know, he's like a squirrel, big squirrel, but a squirrel. He's running around like crazy. Yeah, okay. So those are the two, I guess, name players who are on your injured list, the ones the fans are certainly most familiar with. And again, uh, we won't know until later in the week in terms of whether or not they'll play. That's the typical approach, right? That's it. Day after day three, we'll set our roster. Yeah. Okay, 780-6868. That's our phone and uh, fax, fax, text number. We'll come back, take more of your questions for Michael Shag and the Bombers, host Montreal. And we'll talk uh, quite a bit about that in the second half of the show. Saturday night, 6 o'clock, it's Military Appreciation Night at IG Field. This is the Coach's Show. It's brought to you by DeKalb Seed, the seed for every season, and it's right here on 680 CJOB. Although, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. They okay. They haven't for a long time. Let's put it that way. So, um, since um, they said the last time we hosted a, a final is, is 1972, but there's been 21 times we've been in the East and once in the North. Right. And seven times we came first place. We only won one Great Cup game. So, yep. that's another um, stat that I thought was pretty interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the interesting stats, and I know Mike doesn't even care a, a bit about this, is that the first place team over, I think, the last 20 years uh, has got to the Grey Cup just a little more than half the time. So there's nothing automatic in in this game, Mike O'Shea, is there? Correct. Nothing automatic. You got to play good football and clean football and tough football. And if you don't, then, you you know, there's a chance that you, you won't move on. So we win the next three games, they'll be 13-1, and one, and that will be, like, since 1958, that'll be the best record points percentage at 928. And the best team, the best record is Edmonton in 1981, 14-1-1, and that was 906. Yeah. But um, I don't know if you, if you would consider that the same, because they had, like, 16 games or 18 games in the season. What, are you asking me or Mike? Or, or either. Or me, I guess you, Bob, because um, Well, Mike... if they go 13-1, and one, I mean... That's one of the great seasons of all time in this league. Uh, right. Bottom line, and I'd have to look at, back at all the records. And again, I don't have those at my fingertips. I know that Edmonton team in '89 was 16 and two, and uh, some of Bud Grant's teams were, you know, I think only lost two games in a 16-game season. So it's a shorter season for sure. But 13 and one would just be, you know, that would be one to to celebrate and remember for decades. And 1960, they were 14-2, and two and they lost that final game. So that's, um, it's something to be careful about, Mike, like, um, when going to those last two games, if you get to that last game. 
So I hope that maybe you can rest the players in Montreal and hopefully we can beat them, beat Calgary and get that sweep. The okay. West sweep. Okay, Brian, we'll leave it there. Want to comment on that, Mike? Duly noted. <laughs> uh, here's one from Michael in San Antonio, our friend in San Antonio. What protocol is followed when deciding to accept or decline a penalty? Is it your call? Is there an opportunity for any consultation among the coaching staff? Yeah, it's my call, but, you know, depending on on who the penalty affects in terms of who's out on the field, you know, so I, I may ask Richie if he wants to move him back or whether we want to keep going, but a lot of it depends on field position. You know, if what their field goal kicker was kicking like in warm-up, uh, those types of things. Uh, clock management sometimes, if you want to decline a penalty to keep the clock running or, or accept a penalty to stop the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of factors, and, you know, anybody that's on my headset, I, I don't mind asking and, and, you know, consulting with. I certainly... Uh, I'll make mistakes too, so it's better to have everybody involved so you so you stay clean. Will you uh would you rather put a team in first and fifteen or second and ten? Depends on the field position. Okay. Depends completely on the field position. If we're you know, if they're gonna get points out of it, you move them back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Um so second and ten, first and twenty, that's an easy one, right? First and twenty? Not necessarily. Depends yeah. on field position. Okay. Depends on how what the flow of the game's like. So if it's early in the game and you haven't established the flow, it's a little more difficult. If the if the game is 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 getting long, then you and you have a good feeling of of how the team's been handling a second and long or you know second and ten is still second and long, right? It's yeah. not second and extra or you know, but you, you may you may like what what you've been doing or you may dislike what the other team's been doing to you. So yeah. you know you've got to. You got to weigh that factor too. Is 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 how the games transpired to that point? Yeah, there were some uh, in the games on the weekend, Mike O'Shea. There were some issues with timing late in the game, and uh, Kahari Jones, as a matter of fact, said after the Montreal game that uh, if he had it to do over, he wouldn't have tried the short kickoff with a minute and a half to go. And Ryan Dinwiddie, the Toronto coach, uh, said he blew it when he went into the victory formation and forgot the other team had a timeout and gave them a chance to kick a winning field goal. How do you manage that last minute and a half, two minutes with the clock in terms of all the possibilities that are there? Is that entirely you, Mike, or do you, do you lean on somebody to help you with that? Cause you got a lot of things going on as a head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one thing that's going on is, is the, that management of the game. Right. So um, I leave, a lot of the coaching to the coaches, right? And they expect me to manage the game, right? So uh, it certainly isn't without consultation. Uh, I'll, I guess the number one thing I've learned, or not the number one thing I've learned, but one of the things I've learned is to try and be a couple plays ahead, right. you know, so that you're talking through the scenarios before they show up mm-hmm. uh, and you're letting your coordinators know before that, before that situation you know, showed up. So yeah. if I think we're three down football or if I think the opposition is three down football, I'll just, you know, I'll turn on the mic and talk to Richie and say, Hey, they're three down here, I believe, or, you know, keeping track of timeouts, you know, is important. We had our mistake earlier in the season, throwing a challenge flag with no timeout. Right. So, um, you know, these things are, are kept track of and discussed and, 
once again, I think one of the important things is to try and be a few plays ahead as to the decisions you're going to have to make. Okay, let me give you a scenario. You're three down, a minute 26 to go. You just kicked a field goal, and you're, but you're three down, a minute 26 to go, a minute and a half to go, whatever. You kick it deep? Do I have a timeout? Yes. Sure. Our defense is playing pretty well, I presume. Yes, your defense is scenario. playing pretty well. Yeah. In this scenario. Yeah. So uh, if we have the wind at our back, especially. Yeah. Um, you know, that's another factor that plays into it, right? If yeah. you are kicking into a stiff breeze, you know, you're going to give them a short field and you, you want to hold them to a field goal then maybe or, you know, get them off the field as quickly as possible. But if they have to, if you two and out them and they got a punt, they might pin you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they might, you know, have to have the wind, right? So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Every game will be different. Yeah. That that same scenario will produce a different decision, uh, you know, depending on the game, right? Depending on a lot of factors. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you something else for you that, and now I've drawn a blank on it, Mike. Can you believe that? Can Absolutely you, not. Can you believe that? <laughs> I just pulled up a blank. Well, on that note... Uh, we'll take our final break. That's a good time to take a break is when you pull up a blank. The, we can just go to dead air, Bob. <laughs> see how that works. It's the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. It's brought to you by DeKalb Seed, the seed for every season, 780-6868. And we'll be right back. The Bombers Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. And welcome back, 780-6868. To the phone lines we go. Peter, you're on the Coach's Show with Michael Shea. Yeah, this this comment, this is for Bob uh, Irvin. You were saying that you didn't have the records to your, your fingertips, but Winnipeg Blue Bombers went down to Montreal. And they were 14 and 4 in 2001. Yes, I know got, that. And they, got, and they got beat by Calgary. Yep. Yes, that's I know that. I to, <laughs> that's all I have to say. You said you told the guy you didn't have the, the records at your fingertips, so I just wanted to remind you there, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, I, there's some records I don't have at my fingertips, but I certainly remember 2001 when the Bombers won 12 games in a row, were 14-4, and four, and lost the Grey Cup to a team that was 8-10 and 10 in the regular season. How could anybody around that team forget that? Uh, Michael, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead. Oh, hello. I first of all wanted to say I am so impressed what I've seen from the Bombers uh, in the last two years in a bit. Uh, a most amazing time, especially this season. Uh, I wanted to mention that um, my father had passed away uh, from cancer and COVID um, the, in the last year, and nothing nothing made him more happier than that Great Cup run in uh, 2019. And he was the best uh, true blue Winnipegger and Bomber fan that I knew. Uh, so thank you so much. That made him so happy. Um, but my question is, um, I was really wanting to try and create a movement to try and get the Western final to be played maybe at 12 noon ahead of the Eastern final, because I've, you know, been to uh, many Bomber playoff games. Uh, I remember, I also remember Doug Brown saying that that 2003 uh, semifinal against Saskatchewan was one of the coldest games uh, that he could remember. And I've got experience from, being uh, in Edmonton in 2003 for the Heritage Classic. And I can tell you when it was bearable when the sun was up. But as soon as the sun went down and it was the regular season game, it was among the coldest times in my entire life. So is it a possibility that the CFL, you know, 
big heads could try and move the Western final up and put the Eastern final after. And heck, that game could be indoors in Skydome or Olympic Stadium. Is that a possibility at all? I would say no, but uh, maybe Mike O'Shea's got some different information on that, Michael. Yeah, I, I don't think so. What, what time is the, the game, uh, that game? Well, the East Finals at 11.30 our time, Mike, and the West Final is now 3 o'clock Winnipeg time. It, it'll still be sunny out during that time. I mean, um, yeah, the, the, clocks are going, the clocks are going back on the 7th. We should be good. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm sure it would be a lot warmer uh, if, you, if they could put that game earlier. And if that could happen, I'm sure a lot of Winnipeggers would appreciate it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, Michael, but we appreciate the the call. And he was talking, Michael Shea, about uh, that 2019 Grey Cup win, and I know you don't like to live in the past, but I had a chance to speak with, at that time last week, acting Premier uh, Kelvin Gertzen, and he's a big Bomber fan, huge Bomber fan, uh, he and his wife. And he told me they were at the Grey Cup in Calgary, and they were just delirious with delight over the fact that, you guys won the Grey Cup. So politicians, high-ranking executives, people who are working in the construction trade, Mike, your fans are everywhere. Yeah, that, that was a nice story he told, too, about his dad. That's, uh, yeah. I, don't, I never get tired of hearing those stories. No, that's great. Okay, so Saturday night, 6 o'clock, the weather's going to be beautiful for the visit by the Montreal Alouettes. The first time you've played them this year. Uh, give us your view on what you've seen of the Owls. Well, they're a good football team. Uh, I know they just added Trevor Harris, so uh, obviously he's a very accomplished quarterback. It's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster for him and, and, and for the Alouettes at that position, but... Their, their running game is, is the top in the leagues right now. They, they run the ball more than anybody, and they have a lot of production. Standback's a, a very, very capable, accomplished running back. So we'll have our work cut out for us there. But uh, like you said, I think the weather's going to be nice. I just looked it up. Yeah. There's still time to dine El Fresco in Manitoba, it looks like. <laughs> do you think you'll see Trevor Harris at quarterback? I do. Yeah, I, I do, do think that. Yeah. Um, so, and we talked about this last week too, Mike, that keeping your team focused, and I know you have great trust in them and they've just been so good in that regard for 11 games. Things are a little bit different now in terms of, you know, the, the standings and the whole picture. Any concerns that you have? I don't have any concerns. Uh, what's interesting is I talked to him a little bit today about that and just, um, you know, my experience in the past week and the conversations that people want to have with you, including this, you know, and um, you just got to work your best at, at not entering into those conversations, right? It's, um, I, I can't, obviously, I have to. Uh, mm. But the bottom line is they have to remain focused. They have to stick to the process that, that has been good for us for the last bunch of years. And they know that, right? So, um, you know, once again, as, they, as they're out getting groceries or doing whatever they're doing, they, more and more people want to tell them all these things and, and talk, which is fantastic. We, we owe our fans that time for sure. But uh, they, they, they need to be able to shut it off when they come in the building and, and get back to work. Right. Uh, last text of the night, Mike. The guy says, it's okay, Bob. You're 71. You're allowed to draw blank. I'm only 69, and I do it all the time. Have a good night. That made me feel good, Mike. 
And I just remembered what I was going to ask you, but we're out of time. Oh, real quick, the short kickoff. What are the odds of success from your perspective? One in ten, one in twenty? Oh, I I think it's below. I think it's below one in ten. Yeah. But I believe I believe in our team. I believe we would get it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I thought you might say that. Hey, Mike. Thanks. It's uh, great. We'll do it again next Monday night. Uh, and the Alouettes are here Saturday. Can't wait for that six o'clock kickoff. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at practice. Thanks, Bob. Coach, a show with Michael Shea. It's been brought to you by DeKalb Seed the Seed for every season.